It's time for another holiday hot mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. So get ready to meet us for Christmas in Killarney as we dance a jig back out of the Christmas closet. Welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. I'm your host, Gason, or as my friends call me, Jason. We are in March, my friends. We are marching closer and closer every month to Christmas. This month, we'll hopefully have the luck of the Irish with us as we hear about a colorful fun fact. Mrs. Claus has a quick and tasty treat for St. Patty's Day. Carol's back to talk about her next party planning segment. Ned is here with a supportive gift and we'll see if the toys that rescued christmas is a classic or not so classic christmas special so let's get on with the show and start things off with our festive fun fact Have you ever sat back and wondered why the colors of red and green dominate the Christmas season? Well, listen, this queen did. Everywhere you look during Christmas, we see the same general color palette. It's red or green, white, blue, silver, gold. But really, red and green simply just dominate the rest. You know, I personally, I, I love red and green, but I'm more of a silver and blue with some splashes of other bright, cheerful colors in my holiday decor. I love a little pink decoration here and there. But it can be really challenging to find of other colors within our Christmas decorations. Sometimes we're looking outside of, of the normal places to buy decorations. And it got me wondering this past year, like, well, why... Why is red and green so dominant? Well, it truly depends on who you ask. Many people believe the colors came to symbolize Christmas during the celebration of winter solstice. So, you know, centuries ago, ancient uh, Celtic people believed that holly pants brought beauty and good fortune in the middle of winter. So they were used to decorate homes to really just honestly promote a prosperous new year, which eventually led to green uh, red and green holly transitioning into hanging red and green decorations as a whole. So back then they would hang red and green holly leaves and now we hang all these other de uh, decorations. And we even have songs about the holly and the ivy. Now, some see the colors, honestly, with more of a religious tone. Uh, some Christians believe that the color, specifically the holly wreaths that they're derived from, to be symbolic of Jesus's crown. So the red berries themselves actually represent Jesus's blood, and the spiky holly leaves are said to embody the actual crown of thorns that encircled his head on the cross. Now, author Ariel Eckstutt, co-author of the book The Secret Language of Color, believes red and green became popular based on two things. Number one, being holly. So really, if we think about a lot of this, it all keeps coming back to holly, which is this bright, beautiful color of green and red, um, you know, against a, a barren, white, snowy landscape. And then get ready for it. The other thing that she believes made red and green popular, I'm not kidding, y'all, Coca-Cola. And you're probably saying what I did when I was researching and I was like, what? 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 
According to Extut, in 1931, Coca-Cola hired an artist to create a Santa Claus, which had been done before, but this time, the artist actually created the image of Santa that we all now really associate with Christmas. He was fat and jolly, and he had red robes. Prior to that, if we look a lot of Christmas lore, Santa was sometimes referred to as an elf. He was tall and skinny at one point. So by doing this, by doing this and creating this fat, jolly, fun Santa in his red robes, that bright red also matched the color red of the Coke logo. And by doing this, it really solidified our collective imaginations, according to Extut. The red of Santa's robe with the green of fir trees and holly and poinsettias that we already have in our minds and that were in those ads, well, combining all of that together, that particular shade of red, those dark, rich greens that we see, really came to signify Christmas. That is some genius marketing. It really is, if you think about it. Many of us, at least in my age group, remember the Coca-Cola images of Santa Claus, and they are amazing. And seeing those vintage ads today really does bring that nostalgia back, but it does remind us of the colors of Christmas. And even think about it now, when Coke switched to those cute little polar bear ads, even amongst the backdrop of the snow and the white polar bears, that red logo, even though it doesn't necessarily have to say anything about Christmas, it still stands out and our minds read that as the red of Christmas. It's just crazy to me to think about where that has come from and how far we've come with the colors of red and green. We just heard a song by the Muppets from the red and green Christmas album. It's crazy to think that those two colors have dominated for centuries, all the way back to Celtic times, all the way till currently now. I'd love to know what colors you use to decorate with for Christmas. Are you more of a traditionalist? Do you prefer the red and green and gold? Maybe some silver and blue like yours truly? Or do you tend to think outside of the box when you decorate? Are you into bright pinks and different shades of purples and lime and orange or even black? Let us know by sending us an email at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or leaving us a quick 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. Get out your glue gun and Christmas ornaments. It's time for our favorite crafting Christmas drag queen from up north who always puts the mess in Christmas. It's time for Christmas Carol. OMG, it's me, Christmas Carol, your messy Christmas queen, don't you know? You know what? I got so much feedback from our last segment. It was crazy. You all are all about planning a party. Oh my god, I got lots and lots of lovely pictures of your vision bars. I'm so excited that y'all did your homework. That's super nice of you. You know, it's been a good time. Really looking at these vision boards of yours has really sparked me too. You know, I'm very excited to start planning some events. You know, that vaccine's starting to roll out and in a lot of states, they're starting to vaccinate everybody soon. So, you know, um, not going to tell you what to do, but go get vaccinated. Let's all just move on with our lives. We can start having all these great parties and now we're in perfect time to start planning them. That's right. So, you know, I loved why some of you answered the question, what you going to have a party for? You know, there were some great, uh, some great reasons. Um, one came through. There was an idea of a group of bears getting together for a picnic. 
Listen, I don't know if you know what a gay bear is, but, well, you know, it's a bigger, hairy gay man, okay? Hence the term bear. They go rawr and they growl and girl at each other. And Anyway, listener BJ is planning a BG, a BGP party. And I thought, well, what in the hell is that? It's a very good picnic because they're a bunch of bears. I was like, well, that's cute with your little bear, bear friends. And it looks so fun. So I can't wait to hear from BJ about how it goes. Remember that we're talking about the six whatcha gonna questions to plan a super successful party throughout the next couple of episodes here on my segment with Crafting with Christmas Carol. So just, you know, to remember, there are six steps or six questions you got to answer to plan a super successful party. The first one we answered last week or last month, really, sorry. What you gonna have a party for? And in BJ's case, he just wanted to have a fun meal with his friends. This episode, we're going to cover question two. What you going to pick for a theme? And then we've still got to answer what you going to eat, what you going to drink, what you going to do during a party for entertainment, and what you going to do to let people know about your party. So remember, we're going to keep doing this. Each, each episode is going to have an answer to one of these questions. So we're going to start with our second one. So get your second vision bard out. And what you going to pick for a theme? And you're probably like, well, Carol, isn't the theme the same as the reason for the party? No, your reason for the party is completely separate. It helps you start to come up with why you want to have it. But your theme for the party is the story of your event. Yeah. You know, maybe you want to have some friends over to watch some movies. Okay, well, there's there's your reason for your party, your party's purpose. But that doesn't tell you your theme. And not every party has to have a theme, let's be honest. But they should. It makes it a lot more fun for you planning it and for your guests. So let's talk about, like, maybe you got some people coming over for some movies. Well, sit down and think about it. What you going to watch? Are you going to watch just a bunch of scary movies? You know, a little blood curdling? Something terrible? Something really frightening? Like, oh, I don't know, showgirls? You know. What you going to watch? Because when you look at that and you kind of break it down, you might be able to pick a theme. What if you've got a bunch of people that love to watch a good documentary? I love a good doc. Oh, I do love a good doc. You know, if you've got a bunch of documentaries you're going to watch and you don't want to make a meal, but you want some snacks. Well, maybe your theme could be dips and docs night. Remember that, that ice cream dip and dots? Well, not this. This is dips and docs. Where you watch documentaries and snack on food that goes good with dips. What an easy party to plan. Yeah, dips and dacks night. You know, creating your theme really is pretty simple. Because once you know your purpose, then your theme comes pretty quickly. And to me, it's the best part of party planning. Because your theme totally relates to all the rest of the questions. They already do tie in together. Right? They all tie in together. You know, let's think about let's think about what really the limitations of a theme. The only limitation is your own imagination. Yeah. It's just like when I plan an outfit for a drag event. The only thing that's holding me back is my own creativity. That's why I go crazy. I don't mind dressing up and looking ridiculous because listen, I'm a sexy bitch. And everything I wear is beautiful. Now let's take this idea of BJ's bear picnic. There's a there's a theme right there. With that one word. You know, he could have up some games with bear themes. You know, he could create a menu based on like maybe natural foods or nature. Maybe even some, maybe every food has to have honey. Do you see how it's all starting to work together? You know, I talked to you last time about my friend's Christmas party. 
his theme is going to be Happy Holidays. And he's taken the theme of winter holidays like Christmas and New Year's and St. Nicholas Day and a couple others and adding a dash of LGBTQ plus pride to them. He's actually already jumped ahead to the entertainment section, but we'll, we'll talk about that more in a few episodes. So again, once you sit down and you figure out why you want to have it, and then you start coming up with your theme, your theme vision board is going to be amazing because that's where those ideas start percolating. That's what you need to do. Percolate some ideas. Put your coffee on, you know, or go get your, your Starbucks or whatever you got to does. Sit down and really think about it. And it's okay if you want to borrow ideas from other parties. There's nothing wrong with that. Look at magazines and look on the internet and just, you can even type in party themes and watch your Google explode. All right, your Google will explode. So anyway, listen, Auntie Carol's got some homework for you. Because remember, these next couple episodes, we're always going to be having homework. Number one, I want to see your party themes. Okay, so send me pictures of those vision boards with theme written on them so I can see, you know, Maybe you could even put the answer of what your theme really is down at the very bottom and let me see if I can guess it on my own. That'd be super fun for me. And I want you to start doing a little pre-work on next episode's question, which is, what you gonna eat? Ooh. And I can't wait, honestly, to see those ideas because next episode, we're gonna tackle that what you gonna eat with a very special guest, our very own Mrs. Claus. She is, uh, she's a hoot, all right? She's a hoot. So until next time, y'all, keep crafting. Well, the sounds of sherry being poured let us know that it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers. Listeners, I'm so excited to have you back in my kitchen with me once again. You know, I hope you all had a wonderful Valentine's Day. Santa and I took a lovely walk and counted the stars in the night sky. I gave him a batch of his favorite cookies and heart shapes. And he made me a little toy doll that looked like I did when we first met so many, 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 many years ago. It was absolutely lovely. Well, you know, we've got a very quick treat for you today. Yes, it's one that will not take you any bit of time. You can make as many as you want and as often as you want. Uh, today's treat a uh, uh, tasty treat is called Blarney Killer Killarney's Caramel Nutty Grapes. Grapes with a P, not grits with a Z. Yes. You know, this is a very simple recipe. In fact, what we're going to do right now is we're only going to make 12 grapes. So this recipe covers a dozen grapes. But it's very easy to make more. And once you make them the first time, I guarantee you're going to want to make them again and again. You really are. They're very fast and simple. And for the most part, the kids can help too. Here's our ingredients for today. You'll need one dozen or a bunch of seedless grapes. Now, really, you want it to be green, or we call them green grapes, but honestly, they're called white grapes, but you know what I'm talking about. So you can use a bunch, which is a, you know, a term, a bunch of grapes, or you can just count out 12, whatever you want to do, and promise you it'll probably, you'll be able to make more than a dozen, but it's fine. 
Then you want to get some of those caramel bits. You know, you could use old-fashioned caramel if you wanted to and had the time, and that's fine if you want to make your own and all that. But if you need to do it quickly, you can use some caramel bits. And you're going to want a half a cup of caramel bits, a half a cup of heavy whipped cream. Now, listen, it's the whip, it's the heavy whipping cream, okay? Heavy whipping cream. And then a half cup of crushed nuts or, you know, salted. You might want peanuts or cashews or you can do both, actually. You know, you can have one bowl of, of peanuts and one bowl of crushed uh, uh, cashews. So, you know, and then, of course, you want decorative toothpicks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could use regular toothpicks if you need to, but a decorative toothpick is much cuter. Now, for your kitchen tools, you're going to need a small saucepan for the stove, some uh, small bowls for your nuts, um, a rolling pin, a mixing spoon, a food processor, if you don't want to do my rolling pin trick, one Ziploc bag, um, measuring cups, both the liquid and uh, dry ingredients, a cookie sheet, and of course, wax paper. Mm-hmm. Now, here's step one. It's my favorite step of anything that we do. You should know what it is by now, but it's where we pour some sherry into our glass and we toast to our success. So let's go ahead and get that poured. And you know, it's okay. Pour it all the way to the top because you deserve it. You don't even have to tell me what you deserve it for. You just have to deserve it okay so it's whatever you want now normally i say let's do a toast and today's toast is very simple it's to you know cheers that's right just a very simple one <laughs> not very worried just cheers here we go i'm going to clink it on another glass in the kitchen oh you know, it's, I say it every time, but there's nothing like the first taste of that sip of sherry hitting your tongue. Okay. Now, one of the other steps you got to do before you really start is to prep your grapes. Okay. So what you want to do is you need to wash your grapes. Now, simply just run some cold water or warm water over them. It doesn't really matter. But you want to wash them and dry them properly because if they're wet, the caramel will not sit on them. So you want to make sure you've dried them perfectly. You know, this show was very successful for a while. I had some really great helpers in the kitchen, but they decided to move on to other opportunities uh, within Santa's business, and that is totally fine. So, you know, we we sometimes have to take who HR makes us take. You know, have you ever, have you ever worked with someone and you're like, how did you get a job here? Well, I can tell you they were probably forced on you by HR, just like our certain little elf, Mitzi. I, you know, it's, it's simple. I say it's a simple task. I say, Mitzi, wash the grapes for today's show. You've seen the script. You know what we're going to be doing. Wash the grapes. She washed all the jars of grape jelly. I don't even understand. We have a larder stocked for ages. I mean, there's there's over 400 jars of grape jelly. We've got a lot of mouths to feed. She hand-washed every jar. But thankfully, I just, you know, I caught her and I thought, well, I'll just go do it myself. It'll be much easier. And now we've got shiny glass jars of grape jelly for, I guess, I don't know why. But anyway, we've got it. So 
you know, sometimes we're just stuck with people and we're not allowed to comment on them because then we have to go to HR again and again and again and you would think after this point they would say that this isn't a right fit. But apparently I have upset someone and now I'm stuck with her. Anyway, look, we've got the grapes washed and dried so the next thing we need to do is get out our wax paper and put it on our cookie sheet. So just get yourself a sheet of wax paper and lay it on your cookie sheet. And that's that's really the first step. It's super simple, right? You've washed your grapes. You have then uh, put them on the, you've put the, uh, the wax paper on the cookie sheet. And the next thing we're gonna know is we're going to crush our nuts. Now you can actually go find crushed nuts if you want to, but sometimes it's best just to make your own crushed nuts. So. You know, um, I'm going to be using cashews for this, but you can use, again, any kind of nut that you want. So, I've got to fill up my half a, but a cup full of nuts, you know. And then I'm going to put them in my Ziploc bag because I'm going to crush them myself. That I'm going to do. And you only need a half a cup of crushed nuts, so you don't have to do a ton of them. But, you know, if you feel like making a project, go ahead and get them all done right now. It's okay. That's no... That's no problem. Do what you got to do. Hmm. So, um, here's the thing. We're going to um, get our nuts ready to go. And you know something? Have you ever been cooking and you're just, you, it says to toast the almonds or toast your nuts or whatever. Isn't it just wonderful? I love warm, fragrant nuts. I do. It just makes the kitchen smell like something delicious. And there's just something enticing about the scent of warm nuts. You know, I I am a fan of nuts in general. The way that they all are just a little bit different, you know, on your hands. You've got big heavy nuts like walnuts and, and the, the you know, before you shell a pecan and things like that. And then and then you've got, you know, small nuts and you've got smash nuts and of course nut butter. Who here listening doesn't love a good nut butter? I mean, there's so many kinds. Anyway, we're going to grab your nuts and you're either going to put them in the food processor or you're going to do Mrs. Close's favorite way, which is to beat them with a rolling pin because you can take out some frustrations on your, you know, whatever. But you just take them out and you just whack the nuts like so. You know, you don't want it into a nut butter by any means, but we do just want to, and you can roll over the nuts too. But we want them short enough because we're going to be using these nuts for our grapes. Well, that's perfect. And it takes no time at all, it really doesn't. So now we've got our nuts. And I see that someone did not prepare the kitchen. What a surprise. So get my, uh, the next thing I'm going to do is get my saucepan and my little bowl for my nuts. And I'm going to go ahead and put my nuts in the bowl. There we go. And that is perfect. Oh, they look so good. All right. Okay. Now, we've crushed our nuts. The next thing we've got to do is we've got to place our caramel bits into a saucepan, all right? So remember, I said to do a half a cup of caramel bits, all right? Half a cup of caramel bits. 
These little bits of caramel could be used for all kinds of things. But they're just tiny and they smell cute and fun. And I like using the caramel bits. And uh, put those there into the saucepan. Now, um, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to put the cream in the saucepan with the caramel and we're going to heat them until they're thoroughly melted. All right, that's where we're getting our caramel from. So remember, we're going to use a half a cup of heavy cream, right, a half a cup. And we're going to pour that into our measuring cup here. Get my cream out. Okay, got to pour it in there. Oh, it's so thick. Here we go. I'm going to pour that in with the caramel. And I'm just going to put it on a quick little setting on the thing. You know, you just, the caramel shouldn't take too, too long to melt. Um, but, you know, we'll, uh, we'll let it sit there for a while and, and um, get it all nice and, and creamy. Now, while it's melting, you want to constantly stir it because you don't want it to, to like stick to the, to your, uh, to your, your um, saucepan at all. We want to keep stirring it. And um, once it's mixed to, mixed together, that's when we can start making our grapes. Yeah, we're going to make our grapes. So we're going to let it sit uh, on the stove for a bit. Uh, keep watching it. We'll be right back, okay? We'll be right back. We're going to make this caramel mixture. All right, welcome back, dear listeners. Now, we've almost got our, our caramel cream ready to go. It's been nicely melting and mixing with the cream and we're stirring the whole time. What we're going to do is remove it from the heat for a few moments to let it start to firm up just a bit because it'll make help, uh, you know, caramelizing the grapes easier if the caramel is not like so watery. So while you're waiting for it to kind of firm up a bit, you can start working on putting your decorative toothpicks into your grapes. Right now, this is very quick and easy and the, the kids can help too. Just make sure they don't hurt their little fingers with the toothpicks. But you're just going to put a toothpick in uh, through the top of the grape. I go through the stem hole, you know, go right through the hole and um, then they're ready to go. And what's great about the toothpicks is that they also help you dip in uh, the caramel. So go ahead and take a few moments. That's what I'm working on right now where I check. Oh, yes. That caramel's coming along quite perfectly now. In fact, I think we might almost be ready to dip our grapes. Mm -hmm. Giving it a couple quick stirs. Make sure the caramel bits have all melted, you know. Again, you could use traditional caramels if that's what you want to do, and that's fine. Um, but you want to make sure it's thoroughly melted. You don't want to get a good chunk of caramel. Maybe you do. I don't. I don't. But I'm not you. <laughs> so... And this is where it gets fun. You take your grape and you just run it through and swirl it around in the caramel. Once you're done with that, all you've got to do is roll it in your nuts. <laughs> and then stand it upright, if you can, on your uh, cookie sheet with your wax paper. And hopefully uh, it will stay up. Now, while doing this, 
uh, you know, they're, they're very quick and sometimes you might have to help scoop the caramel up with your fingers or a spoon, just be very careful. Um, you know, you might even lose a grip in the caramel like I just did, so I got to stab it out. Oh, that grape's gone. It's gone for good. To be just a grape covered in caramel later. A special new treat. So anyway, um, it's fine if you've got to kind of spoon the caramel on. It's not a big deal. Um, you can do just the bottom of the grape if you want. I prefer the whole grape, but it's up to you. Do what you got to do. There is no judgment, and you can snack on a few. Now, we'll repeat this process till all the grapes are finished. And then what you'll do is, once your tray is done with your grapes, we've got everybody's got a good bit of caramel on them, and everybody's got some nuts, you can um, refrigerate them for just a little bit, help them, help the caramel firm up with the grapes uh, and the nuts, and uh, it's, it's just a tasty little treat. And it's very quick to make, uh, it's a great snack for the kids. Um, it's great for hors d'oeuvres. It really is great for everything. You know, I, I feel like you're probably wondering, well, where did you come up with this name? So, well, okay, as I'm, as I'm working through all of my nuts and my grapes, I'll just tell you, listen, have you ever heard of my special friend? Now, really, he's everyone up here's special friend. But have you ever heard of Blarney Killer Killarney? Well, if you don't, you can watch a little Christmas special about him called The Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. He's kind of a big deal. Anyway, we invited Blarney and all of the leprechauns uh, to come to the North Pole one year to celebrate St. Patrick's Day with us. Well, Blarney came into my kitchen to talk about cooking. And he said, you know, leprechauns love hors d'oeuvres that have the color green. And I thought, well, this is news to me. You know, I thought they just, you know, maybe had just a gold tinge, you know, gold colored items, things like that. But he said, no, he said they love green hors d'oeuvres. And I thought, well, well, great job, Blarney. Way to come in 30 minutes before the actual, you know, cocktail hour was supposed to start. So I said, okay. I'll make some fried green beans with a green veggie dip and some cucumber sandwiches. And then Blarney said, you know, they like a little something sweeter too. And I thought, well, okay, what else do we got? He said, well, we love, you know, like good fruit. And I thought, okay, well, the only green fruit I've got right now would be green grapes. And listen, I wasn't about to just send out plates of grapes. So I said to Blarney, grab a handful of nuts and get cracking. And the two of us whipped up so many caramel nutty grapes. And it was so much fun because he was like, oh, I love caramel. And I thought, well, great. We'll put some grapes with some caramel. We don't have any green apples this time of year. So, you know, we have really, we just hadn't gotten them in. And so I thought, well, we'll just do this with these. And you know what? I have to tell you, those leprechauns were so happy. They asked me, well, what is the name of the dish? And so I said, well, you know, I have to name them after the special leprechaun who helped me make them. And so now we always refer to them up here at the North Pole as Blarney Kilikilarney's Caramel Nutty Grapes. Oh, dear listeners, it's such a good time when we have friends come and, uh, you know, visit us and help us create new dishes and wonderful traditions and things like that. And I'm sure during this time you're missing your friends, but you can do Zoom cooking together. Yeah, put your laptop in the kitchen, 
put it at a safe distance and, and cook with your friends. Talk to them face to face, you know. And, and you know, things are happening. There is a vaccine out there now, many different types. So things are starting to go into get back to normal soon. And when they do, you can now serve your own nutty caramel grapes. Yeah, they don't need to know you got it from Mrs. Claus. Although I would appreciate the blog. So listen, now that the grapes are done and they're in the refrigerator, that means it's sherry time. So dear listeners... Take a big bite of nutty grapes and just taste the fragrancy of both of them together. Salty nuts and juicy grapes. Oh, it's so good in your mouth. I know. I know. Okay. Well, listen. When you have these together with a glass of sherry, it is heavenly. It's a great way to end the day. You know, it's just heavenly, unlike working with a certain little elf named Mitzi, which is just pure hell. Anyway, until next time, my dear listeners, Merry Christmas and a happy treat tasting. Join us now for a classic, or not so classic, Christmas special review. Welcome back for another classic or not so classic Christmas special review with one of my holiday guesty bestie co-hosts. Please welcome my friend Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Hi. Um, you're the worst. <laughs> and I thought our last episode was, was awful with Mallory choosing the Adventures of Candy Claws, but... <laughs> I legitimately didn't know how low this show could sink until I reviewed today's choices. So just to give everybody a little idea, what I do is I go out and find all these Christmas specials from like the 70s and the 60s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. And then I just pick three random titles. I don't look at them. I just make sure we can watch them. And then I tell my friends, I'm like, I give you three choices, right, Jesse? I gave you Mm -hmm. three choices. I, I do want to clarify these are choices that you provided me correct at random at random i didn't even look at them i just made sure we could watch them on youtube mm-hmm. and i don't even remember what the other two choices were but jesse chose i don't even want to use the term movie or tv i just want to say jesse chose this it was called the toys that rescued christmas you know what it, it's I, I thought it was going to be like a uh, an action-filled, you know, kind of like Finding Nemo story with t- or kids and Christmas. and mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. let's just say it was a little different than I anticipated. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Well, oh, that was very nice of you. Because <laughs> I, I mean, spoiler alert, this is probably the worst one I've ever seen. Without um, a doubt. Yeah. Like, it's just really bad. So, okay, it's called The Toys That Rescued Christmas, which also is just, like, a crappy title. I I thought it was pretty good. That no. The title is what intrigued me about it, because I was expecting it to be, like, a, 
a bunch of kids, or not kids, but toys, to go out kind of like little army men, you know, kind of like the old, uh, you know, toys, like, back from the 80s or 90 movies, you know, where Mm -hmm. you had, like, the the G.I. Joe fighting the the aliens or, you know, whatever those creatures were. And, and I was like, you know what? That might not sound too bad. Like, maybe there's a thief and it's like a Home Alone story where a thief's be- being beat up by these random toys. I, my mind went wild with, with the name. So the name attracted it, like, to me. I would have watched army men fight aliens in a second over this. Without a doubt. Here's my reason I hate this title. I think that the title for another special is The Toys That Saved Christmas. And I feel like that's probably what the writer was going for and then found out there was already a Christmas special called The Toys That Saved Christmas. And he had to, he was like, okay, what's another word for saves? And he went to (sighs) thesaurus.com and typed in saved and he was like, rescued. Yeah. Let's go with that. (laughs) Just throw that in there. So, okay. I don't have a lot of notes on this show because it's shit. So, um, but the toys that rescued Christmas is a 2004 direct to video special. So there's problem number one. And it was written, directed and starred Don Kenny. So Don Kenny wrote the show. He directed it and he was in the voice cast. That is what I call a triple warning of a shitty product. When you write it and direct it and you're in it, that tells me that no one else believed in it. And that... You're like, no, it's my vision. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Like, something that maybe a college student would have done to (laughs) try to pass, like, a final exam after being hung over all weekend and just decided to throw something together. It was it was definitely one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I created a student film, and it was awful. I know that it was awful. But I think you'd rather watch my student film than this. So, in the cast, there are only six... No, I'm sorry, five cast members for this entire thing. That also tells you something. Right, we've got uh, Melissa D'Andrea who played Dolly. We've got Don Kenny who played uh, the train tracks and the A boat, the tracks. admiral. Your boy tracks. Did you like tracks? I guess no, not at all. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't really. I, I'd say the one character that I I did appreciate was Cranky or Clanky. Clanky, yeah, Clanky's yeah, my cl- my boy too. Clanky was probably my favorite because he shared the attitude I had throughout the entire film. Oh my god, that's literally my note. <laughs> yes. yes. Then there's a female race car, and we had to know that she's female because they put eyelashes on her headlights. Yeah. Uh, her well, name's Daytona, which is honestly a really good name for a for a car character. Yeah. Daytona. Yeah. yeah. Well, something that really bothered me too is is I, I I can't remember the monkey. I'm really terrible with names. The monkey's name, Smucky. Uh, Smucky. Uh, he, he anytime he'd close his eyes, his eyelash like his his brows were still there, but they would disappear on other characters. So his would stay, but on other characters they would go away, or they just like smush into his face. And I'm just like, why, why? 
like just fix the animation just remove them or or don't do it halfway don't just have it merge into his face that it bothered me i 100 percent agree 100 percent agree speaking of smucky uh he was voiced by kevin uh i believe it's pronounced winner but i'm gonna pronounce it wiener and um (laughs) Because of, of something I want to talk about later in the show. So, Kevin Wiener provided the voice for Smucky the Sock Elephant, Clanky the Old Train Engine, the Snowman Candle, and the Cupid Ornament. And Elizabeth Nagler pro- uh, provided the voice for Stuffy Bear and the Statue of Liberty Ornament. That's literally all the characters in this piece of shit. So, um... <laughs> Too many, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Jesse, as soon as it started, what was your very first thought? As soon as it began, with your I have first this minute written down. I, I kid you not. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, word for word, verbatim to what I wrote. I am not going to enjoy this. <laughs> I, the first, the first introduction, the the song that was going on, just <sighs> immediately after that, I wrote, "I am not going to enjoy this." I wrote, from the moment Smucky arrived, I hate this show. <laughs> oh, the Dow. Oh, yeah, oh, no, we'll talk about that. That, okay. is, that is one of the most frightening things I've ever seen in my life. Yes. So, okay, I, I, do you think this was all computer generated? Like, this was, it, it was very, I don't even know how to describe the animation. Because I, I feel like calling it animation is a disservice to the animation industry. Yeah, so I, I definitely feel like it was the very like low budget CGI uh before like not not Disney level of animation or CGI there. Like we're not talking about Avatar or anything like that. Like this was CGI when it first came out. Like it was super rough. And and I feel like that was kind of what they did it through it it felt like they made the movie and like the window paint editor and just took a bunch of like scenes and and mashed them together yeah i wrote um this was how i was writing the review when i was typing up my notes on it my first sentence reads this was truly the shittiest special of horrible childlike digital animation i've ever seen yeah it's really bad like you know what it made me honestly think of a a very cheap generic knockoff PS2 game. Like, <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about? Like like yeah. the first like uh, was it Spyro the Dragon or the first Crash Bandicoot? Like that just really bad. You go back and look at it now, and you're like, this is awful. Even back then, I think we kind of knew it was awful, but we were like, eh, it's PS2. I'm yeah. playing games on the CD. Um. <laughs> But oh god, it was awful. So I, I'm surprised you'd even give it like PS2 graphics, though. I, I I'm well, fairly impressed with that. I mean, I... <laughs> I I was thinking more like PS1, very like oh, it, it, it okay. had like a, a pretty decent uh, pixel count. So like, yeah. uh, if you had had modern day equipment but the animation of a playstation one and mixed it together that's what this movie felt like for me uh 
the animations were just very choppy. They'd continue to glitch through each other. And it seemed like yeah. it, they just didn't care. It was a project that I, I really do. I felt like some high school or college kid needed to get done. And that's what they threw together. Like, they didn't care. They didn't put their heart into it, which, I mean, I could understand if it's a project you need to do for a college or whatever. But it was so bad. I would not have put that on my resume at all <laughs> well i think this is the only thing that some of these people have ever done um yeah because there's a part where like the race car turns a corner and in like instead of seeing like how a race car would act like a like a remote control car would turn the car bent mm -hmm. like almost like a slinky and it, i was like that doesn't that's not that's not even like cartoon funny yeah it's just weird so, I, all right, well, I feel like we could talk about the animation for, like, an hour. We can. So we're going to not. Okay. <laughs> right now. We'll come back. It begins on a snowy Christmas Eve, and we know it's a snowy Christmas Eve because uh, what I coined the least likable children's character ever, Smucky the Sock Monkey, jumps up with his boner-like tail and announces to the room... <laughs> That it's Christmas Eve. Did you notice Smucky's boner tail? Yes. <laughs> Were you uncomfortable? No, I, I did not like Smucky at all. I just, the whole time, I, I wanted to fast forward through all of his parts. And he's supposed to be the comic relief of the whole movie. He was not a relief of anything. No. It was uncomfortable. I don't think the animator knew how to make the monkey tail just lay there. So instead, it is literally is erect every time Smucky's on the screen. Yep. He has a boner tail. And it's also his tail is not... Did you notice his tail changed length, but it was always longer than Smucky's whole body? Um, <laughs> oh gosh, what's the word? Um, his tail is not anatomically correct for his body I have size. not. I, I didn't, actually. I, I I will confess, when it came to Schmucky, I, I tried avoiding him at all costs. Like, He's I, the worst. I, I would listen to what he had to say, just for my notes, but try to get through his parts as quick as possible. Which was a lot. He was the, yeah. he was the star, man. So, Schmucky is, with his boner tail... <laughs> announces to the room that it's Christmas Eve and we meet Daytona, the female race car with eyelashes, which make no sense, but whatever. And she starts driving around the room. She's all excited. She's like, I can't wait. And Smucky's like, I can't, it's Christmas Eve. And then we meet Trax the train, which by the way, did you notice Trax only had one car for a train? Yes. It was just him, just the engine, no caboose, no other car, nothing. Yep. It's just, him going in a circle and they're all really excited and part of me is like why are you so excited about getting new like christmas because you're about to get replaced because every kid knows when it comes to christmas you typically stop playing with all your other toys and focus on the new stuff am i wrong I'm with in the that? old and with the new yeah, I mean, didn't you, did you do that as a kid? Like, you're like, oh, like, I got new He-Man stuff, so I'm gonna stop playing with the old He-Man stuff for a little bit, and then eventually I'll merge them together. Like, Me I would as, just play with the new stuff. 
me as a kid, I, I was into different things that, that could incorporate the new with the old, because, like, mm-hmm. video games, computers, things like that, so... Mm-hmm. Not so much myself, because I'd still go back to, like, my Game Boy Color or something like that. And even now, to to play, you know, certain games or my original Xbox or things like that. So, not so much me, but I never got, like, stuffed animals as a kid or mm-hmm. uh, things like that. It was either clothes or something to do with computers, and that was okay. it. But you get the fact that why are these toys excited? Oh yeah, no, they'd be thrown out. I mean, yeah, I went to leave and played Smucky with them. Shit, whatever they give that kid afterwards. Yeah, Smucky's in the garbage where he belongs. A, a stick with mittens on it would be better. <laughs> <laughs> so they start to sing. Um, I don't even call it a song. They sing this weird tune called "Christmas Day Is Near." Christmas Day is near, Christmas Day is near We can't wait till the time arrives for lots of fun and cheer Christmas Day is near, Christmas Day is near I hope your song is not too long Longer every year Do you remember? They, it has really horrible rhymes The singing is atrocious And then they randomly have two ornaments in the Christmas tree sing along too Which make no sense Because now all of a sudden I guess the, the, um the Christmas ornaments are alive, which I, I mean, I, okay, I guess, but you know, it, and that's one thing I, there was a joke that they said between each other, the Christmas ornaments, like, do you remember your first Christmas? And the statue of Liberty said, of course, how can I forget? And I, I didn't get the joke. It, it missed on me. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was just like, I, I don't get it, but Okay. Can I can I tell you why the the joke was there? Yeah. At the bottom of her ornament, it said Christmas nineteen eighty four. Still messing for me. So she says, "How can I forget?" Because if she looks down, oh, first... now I feel dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. No, no. I think I think you represent everyone. Going, that's not a funny joke. Yeah. Like, I this thought is made like. For... Because I, I saw the 1984, but I thought it signified, like, maybe something big happened that year or, or something like that. And I was like, what happened Christmas in 1984? Like, I'm I'm racking my brain. I Googled it. I, I didn't see nothing happened. And I was like, what's so special about 1984? And it just, it did not click for me at all. So <laughs> let me ask this. What age group do you think this, tar- this, this was targeting? Because I was trying to figure it out the whole time. I was like... It's short burst of colors. It's very bright. Is this made for toddlers? Because if it's made for toddlers, that joke will not land. That yeah. joke wouldn't land with a seven-year-old. I, I don't think, I, 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 I don't think it was made for anyone. I think it was made <laughs> for a college project and just needed to be turned in. I mean, <laughs> that's that's the only excuse I could give this this thing and and hopefully it, it was probably like a d plus at best project <laughs> like even in the 70s or 80s like the the animation was just so so bad oh, this was 2004 like come I, on yeah it, it was it was ridiculous so bad so okay all right so they sing this horrible song um and then smucky and his permanently erect tail <laughs> 
decide, there's like this stupid joke with him like predicting the future or whatever. And they decide to go explore the kitchen, which I don't had quite no understand. reason. No yeah. reason. There was they get to the kitchen and they're like, okay, now what? <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Why? Why did you go to the kitchen? First of all, why are you exploring anything? You're so excited about Christmas. Stay out by the damn tree. And it took them ten minutes of the movie just to say the word kitchen. Ugh. I don't even want to talk about the pacing of this movie. I'm not even going to lie. I thought he was going to say something like the North Pole or... Yeah! But no. Let's go to the kitchen. The kitchen. And we get to the kitchen and... Before we get to the kitchen, we see, like, this ominous blink-if-you-miss-it shadow at the top of the living room stairs. And the only reason I, I didn't see it the first time around, I wasn't paying attention. The second time I watched it to go back to write this, I realized, oh, there's ominous music playing. Like, something bad's gonna happen. Dun-dun-dun. And then they go to the kitchen, and Trax is like, why are we here? And I said the same thing, Trax. Why are you there? And then Smucky says, oh, because it's time for the first annual Christmas Eve 500. And I was like, what? Yeah. There's only two things that have wheels, Smucky. You're <laughs> not one of them. And then the the whole the whole kitchen immediately, like not even a, a, a few seconds later, transformed. There's gingerbread <laughs> dancing yes! around they're they're spreading sprinkles to make it look like it's snowing like it, <laughs> i just at first i thought it was like uh, something smucky was imagining and was like oh this would be so great but no like it was actually happening yeah and those cookies were loud as hell yes how did nobody living in that house here because they said it's only eight o'clock like yeah. mom and dad are not asleep at eight and probably neither are the kids but i'd be a pissed off mom if i walked down to the kitchen and there's sprinkles everywhere Yo, like, yeah like what the hell i'm taking <laughs> the presents away from the kids <laughs> that's right like what are you guys doing down here so the snowman candle takes a match and uses it as his microphone and he announces the competition which is literally smucky Daytona and tracks. And this is what I was already annoyed with right here. This moment, <laughs> the race is to get back to the Christmas tree that they just came from. Yep. Why? I don't know. I, I have, I, I don't know. It was, I was questioning that myself. <sighs> So then we get our attempt at comedy again with the Daytona and Trax flying off, leaving Smucky behind. Smucky slips on a bar of soap and it helps him speed up. Because I guess Smucky was just going to run. I'm very confused at what Smucky was going to do and how he was going to beat a train and a toy race car. I don't get it. But So Smucky ends up falling off the bar of soap and he lands on top of Trax and he covers Trax's eyes and then eventually... They start to get to the tree. Daytona gets to the tree first and realizes all the presents are gone. Um, then Trax gets there and then eventually he slams on his brakes and Smucky goes flying into the tree. And 
Smucky's like, I'm the champion. And they're like, what? He's like, I'm the champion. I got here first. And they're like, the presents are gone. You dumb shit. Like, nobody cares right now. There is a quote here that I wrote down, though, where he's celebrating, like, I'm the champ, I'm the champ. I am the champion. Smucky the presents. No tracks. Material gifts will not be necessary. The thrill of victory is the greatest present I could ever receive. Hey, champ, turn around. What do you see? Daytona looked at him and was like, Look around, champ. (laughs) (laughs) Just not like it. It almost sounded like it wasn't her voice. It it was just look around, champ. Like so stern. (laughs) I I had to listen to it like six times over. I loved it. (laughs) Oh, great. Yeah, that that was the highlight. That was the highlight. That's the it, highlight. Thirteen it, it minutes goes downhill in, from that's here. That's the highlight. And then and then he turns around and he goes, "Stumbling, stuffing. The presents are gone." Oh. <laughs> I hate him so much. Uh, um, then they decide to look for clues, right? And they yeah. and Smucky, with his erection tail. <laughs> Decides to start acting like Sherlock Holmes and he pulls a pipe and a hat out of nowhere. And he's trying to be funny. I did not think it was funny at all. I did not laugh one second. I was it so was, annoyed. I just it was so it. stupid. It was so dumb. He was like interrogating Trax and he's like, well, can you have an alibi? And Trax is like, a what? And I was like, exactly. Well, who is this targeted at? Because certain kids are not. What age group? I don't think this understood its age group demographic either. Because if you were trying to teach, like, to seven- and eight-year-olds, I understand throwing in some humor for adults, but no adult is going to pay attention to this. They're just going to be like, let me know when it's over. Yeah. This is awful. So don't make alibi jokes, because little kids don't understand what an alibi is. Then Daytona realizes the presents are upstairs because there's a trail of fake snow from the tree up to the stairs. And so, um, Smucky runs up the stairs and then realizes that he can't, that the other two can't get up there. And he's got a tail boner again. I'm not sure why. I don't know what arouses him this way. And then he puts him in a basket that we never see. It just goes to a basket. It just magically appears. Yeah. And he can lift them and climb up the stairs as a sock monkey, carrying a fully decked out toy engine and a race car that I guarantee probably weighed anywhere from five to ten pounds each. Yeah. And he just magically gets him up the steps. Like, just hop skippity Scott, like, up there. Yeah. And then they go up a little bit further, and they go into the hallway, and they realize that the presence must be in the attic. And Smucky attempts humor again. He gets afraid. He gets a erect tail. He tells them they can't go in the attic because there's monsters in the attic. Yeah, it's and the then... attic door. It leads to the attic. <laughs> <laughs> and then Daytona's like, we're, we're going up there. Like, that's where the presents are. And at this point, I made a note that says, we are halfway through the special at 14 minutes in. <laughs> Because I was like, how much longer is this? And I paused it to see it, and I was like, oh my god, we're halfway done. Yeah. 
we're halfway done and we have not even barely gotten to the plot of this movie. So then Smucky gets really, really afraid and his tail gets erect again and they open up the attic door and they start to see things move in the dark and then they get scared and they knock a bunch of boxes over that fall down the attic steps, close the attic door and block them in. Now, I have a problem with this. The but box. I don't know about you. The box that problems. fell down the stairs. Yes. Literally bounced off the box and then hit the wall and then bounced backwards <laughs> to touch the door. And it just so happened to do it with enough force to shut the door. That really bothered me. And then. Well, here's. I guess. Here's my thing, though. Smucky just lifted 10 pounds of toys up two flights of stairs and they're acting like they're stuck in this attic for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Are you telling me he can't pick up a box? And then again, here's the other thing that pisses me off. There's a ton of noise from these boxes falling down the stairs. And again, nobody wakes up. Nope. Nobody. Nobody. And then we, we hear this eerie voice and we see these demon eyes oh come into view. Oh my God. Yeah. And we meet the creepiest teddy bear ever. Yeah. And its name is Stuffy Bear. Yeah. <laughs> it was hideous. It reminded me of uh, that that hideous toy from Toy Story. Like, that's how some of these characters look. Like, mm-hmm. just these hideous contraptions that people put together that yeah. should not exist. No. And then, here... Okay. This just really made me mad. Smucky attempted a fart joke. Out of nowhere. Because he was like, oh, it's ge- I'm so scared, I'm so scared, it's giving me gas. Oh, yeah. And then Daytona's like, oh, now I'm even more worried. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, you don't just throw in a fart joke. Like, you work your way up to fart jokes for kid TV. Like, it was so dumb. Yeah. It it completely hit the or uh, missed the mark there. God, this is the worst show, and I'm so mad that you made me watch it. <laughs> it was of the options you provided, and you chose what I believe is the worst one. I don't doubt that at all. <laughs> and it's so bad. So then um, the lights come on, and we meet the attic toys. Mm-hmm. We meet Stuffy Bear. We meet Henry the honking car. Now, I don't understand why Daytona, who's a car, can talk, but Henry can only honk. Makes no yeah. sense. Well, because he's an older toy. He didn't have that yeah. that that equipment yet. Feature? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we meet um, Admiral, the toy boat on mm-hmm. wheels, who has an accent, or someone attempting a British accent. And then we meet the only joy in the show, Clanky. Yeah. The old toy train. Clanky is literally the saving grace of this entire thing. Yeah. I wish it would have been called Clanky's Christmas Adventure. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he was the best character. Absolutely. I would watch anything with Clanky in it from now on. Yeah. And then, Jesse, we meet the most terrifying toy I've ever seen in my life. The talking doll... That is aptly named Dolly. You're just a toy. I wasn't scared. I knew he was a toy all along. These are my friends. 
This is Dolly. Pleased to meet you. This is Henry. This is Clanky. Who are you calling Cranky? No, no, old fellow. He said your name is Clanky. I already know my name. What's your point? And this is the Admiral. The pleasure is all mine. And my name is Stuffy. We're all old toys. That was creepy, man. I, I, who, no. That toy is not a man or a, a toy for a man like me. That is one that <laughs> that shall never be anywhere near uh, a place of my residence and uh, uh, one I will stay very far away from. It's so awful. It was bad. My, uh, my favorite quote from the whole show is right here during the scene. It's when um, she named, she's like, oh, that's Clanky. And he's like, who are you calling Cranky? Like, he's so old he can't yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. I love Clanky. He was literally everything. My favorite quote, surprisingly, is a little bit after this part. From okay. one of the characters I hate the most. Oh, can't wait. So... They're all sitting around talking about how they're the old forgotten toys. Mm -hmm. And then the toys, the old toys in the attic admit to taking the presents for revenge because they have been forgotten for 60 years. Well, first of all, you're about 60 years too late. Yeah. Like, you're taking revenge on what I can assume is probably the great-grandchildren at this point. I don't know. But you've been up here for 60 years and you just finally decided tonight to come down and steal some stuff? Really? Yeah. And then we get to our second quote-unquote song, sung by the toys in a very dark, creepy way called We Are the Toys of Old Days. We are the toys of old days, locked away with no fun, no play. We are the toys of old days, nobody wants us now. We are the toys of past years. Without joy, we wipe our tears. We are the toys of past years. Nobody wants us now. We're lonesome and we're dusty. And Clanky's getting rusty. We have no girls and boys to play with us. Some people say we're dated. I guess my paint has faded. But does that mean my end should come so soon? We are the toys who don't sleep, tossed aside upon a heap. We are the toys who won't sleep, nobody wants us now. We are the toys who don't sleep, tossed aside upon a heap. We are the toys who won't sleep, nobody wants us now. My plan is so delightful, so genius that it's frightful to ruin Christmas Day and get revenge. First of all, it's a horrible tune. And... Something that I hate is when somebody has to sing quickly because there's not enough tune for all the words to hit a note. And this song is just, I don't know. I It's to me, it's probably, it's on par for the rest of this special because <laughs> it's just an awful show. But this song, if you only heard this song, you would be able to take from just that one minute and, um, 50 seconds or less. No, I'm sorry, one minute and 30 seconds. And you could be able to sum up this special and know that this is not something you would watch just by hearing that song. Yeah, that was a very bad song. So awful. 
It was so awful. They're, they're, yeah, it, it was just the whole random chest that they put in front of... Uh, yes! Like, it, it <laughs> just... I was like, why? Like, none of this makes sense. Like, all they open the chest, and it's just like a spinning tree that plays the tune for what they sing for. And and oh. and singing is putting lightly. Like, it was just... It was bad. We, it was bad. We are the toys of old days. <laughs> like, it's so bad. Yeah. It is It is a minute of my life I will never get back. You're welcome. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um... Then Daytona Tracks and Smucky decide that they're going to return the presents to the kids. And they get this idea to do it just like Santa would, which is take the presents and bring them down the chimney. Yep. They have to go out on the roof, which means they now have to open a window to drag these presents. Again, instead which, of it was a huge bag, too, of, of presents. Yeah! The bag was For like 14. five feet tall, and... They yeah. they were able to pull that along, but not move a singular box. Yep. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you you can pull that smucky, but you can't remember to go down there and move some boxes out of your way and open the damn door. Yeah. You decide that to risk your horrible life and your friends by opening a window and climbing out into an icy roof. Yeah. What? I, I just don't understand. None of them fell. They slid a little bit, but they never fell off the roof. But well, here, I so, guess Daytona must have some really good traction. Yeah, so one of the things is as they were climbing up the roof, I, I was, I'm not even going to lie, I was personally hoping that this would happen just to see what would happen. Uh, and as they were going up it, they all have cars too. So like, well, the train and the car are on wheels, so they would slide down on ice and they're gripping it just fine, you know, for the most part. And then the monkey's just sitting there walking. And then he's like, oh, no, the chimney's getting farther away because he's sliding down the roof. Oh. And then he smacks into the two cars. And then they're just hanging off by the uh, the gutter. And this yeah. is my favorite quote of the entire show is, I hope I they have homeowner's saying. insurance because it like <laughs> broke the gutter and they're just like hanging off. Still woke no one up, but just like hanging off by the gutter. What do we do now? I don't know. I hope they have homeowner's insurance. I have a feeling there's going to be some major gutter damage here. It was... It's so and bad. Then just that alone completely changed all of the characters that decided to steal these toys. Like, immediately, they were just like, you know what? We should go out there and help them. <laughs> and just automatically, all of the character development up to the old toys just got destroyed. Because they were like immediately up they're in trouble let's go help them and deliver these toys that we just yeah. sold after waiting 60 years 60 years for revenge three characters are hanging off the roof let's go help them out and turn these toys in why and then they all made like makeshift weapons and things like all of a sudden the the bear made a a, a bow and arrow and shot a plunger to the chimney yep. And I was like, okay, I get the, like, you you know, you got kids. 
Uh, most kids are going to know that a plunger is not going to stick to a brick chimney. Like, it's just not. Like, there's not... What? Yeah. And then the doll... Oh, the, the doll. God. The flame. The doll comes out with, like, a salt gun. And I was like, who keeps salt in their attic? Because, again, there's boxes in front of the attic door and nobody can get it. Yeah. So then the old toys rescue them and they apologize. And so they get up to the top of the chimney... And that's when Smucky realizes that one of the presents is missing. Because he counted 14. When did he have time? I don't know, Jesse. I don't know if you saw it. There was no time that anybody ever said, there are 14 presents in So this here's bag. what bothered me, too. Did you notice the whole time they were apologizing, they were looking at the viewfinder of, of where you're looking at the mat. So they're looking at you to the TV. But mm-hmm. none... Of the characters they were apologizing to were near where that viewfinder was. So you had the two characters with the wheels behind them and Schmucky above on top of the sack of toys. So they're just looking off to the left hand side of them at you as a viewer apologizing about this instead of looking at the actual characters. It, it was, it was, it, that infuriated me. That like, if it wasn't for the terrible singing, that right there would have ruined the movie for me right there. I hate that when there's stuff like that in a movie or a show. It, it just completely, like, it's different with Deadpool because it's funny and it's meant right. to be. But they had mm-hmm. no, like, no build up to that. No reason. They just looked at you to look at you. It, God, it infuriated me. It's so dumb. Yeah. It, you know what it does? It it insults the viewer's intelligence. Because even as a kid, I think the kids would have picked up and been like, who are they talking to? Yeah. Where are you looking? Like, why do you apologize to me, so, Mom? <laughs> Mom, why is that creepy doll apologizing? Did they steal my toys? Like... <laughs> And so then, again, Smucky figures out there's only 13 and there should be 14. And he's like, we're missing one. And then out of nowhere comes Clacky to save the day. And is pushing up this last present up the roof. Clacky the hero. And I was like, Clacky, you have a heart of gold. You cranky old MF-er. Yeah. I am, I just, I love Clacky. I would love a Clacky action figure. (laughs) I would, I. That talked. Oof. I don't know if I'd want him to talk. (laughs) so then they um they get ready to drop the toys down the chimney and the old toys are like well it was nice meeting you we're gonna go back to the attic and i guess rot away it was a very weird like dark yeah and then the new toys are like no come with us i are we you know come with us and then they all three are like are you thinking what i'm thinking and so they decide to bring the old toys down with them so everybody comes down the chimney. They're freaking out because it's Christmas morning and they are like, okay, we, you know, everybody gets to sit around the tree, including the old toys with the new toys and the new presents. And they sing the last song, which was even worse than the first time we heard it because it was the Christmas day is near, but it was a reprise of the Christmas day is near. And in the middle of it, they changed it to Christmas day is here because they're too lazy as a writer to come up with another song. 
So you're going to use the same song and just change some of the words. Yep. Lazy. <laughs> Absolutely lazy. Look, everyone. It's morning. Christmas Day is here. Christmas Day is here. And now we have some new best friends to share the Christmas cheer. Christmas Day is here. Christmas Day is here. We've made it through the long, dark night, but now it's past we see the light. Now Christmas Day is here. They sing the stupid song, and we pan out, and it's over, and I am pissed. Yeah. It was like the end, and I go, thank everything that is holy and unholy that ended this. Like, <laughs> It was so bad, it, though. It, First of all, we never saw any humans. No. We never heard any kids. No. And I don't really feel like they rescued Christmas. No, they literally just... Like, they didn't rescue it at all, either. It was the old toys that did it. Like, right. It, well, and it's Even like, to bring it up Christmas to the chimney, about... like, uh, the sock monkey was sitting on top of the sack that the, the bearer was moving up. <laughs> so, technically, they didn't save anything. They just, like stumbled across who took it and then almost died trying to get him back and it was the old toys that saved it well and i was just thinking of this too like is this the message that you're trying to send to kids that christmas is only about presents like is that is that what you were going for don lindley or whatever what's the name don lindley don yeah, kenny? kenny what is it i don't even care i hate him what it's it's uh Don yeah. Penny. Like, are you trying to say that Christmas and teach kids that Christmas is only about getting gifts? That's kind of a crappy thing. There are tons of Christmas specials out there that still try to talk about the true meaning of Christmas. The goodwill, the joy, the birth of Jesus, what have you. Very few of them make it about getting presents. And if they do, they somehow bring it back to, like, it's better to give than to receive. But this didn't do any of that. It was just about, like, well, you gotta get the presents back down. That's so crappy. Yeah. So crappy. Okay. Two quick questions for you. Well, three really, but... The first one we always ask is, did you feel like you noticed any gay or LGBTQ characters or any representation that maybe was hidden? I do not. The... Like, yeah, really. The, um, the only thing that I put on here was that Smucky was constantly having a boner tail. Yeah. But that's it. Like, I didn't really get anything. And it kind of makes me sad, which is why I love a lot of the shows more from the 70s and 80s, because they would, like, slip in a clearly gay character, but wouldn't say anything and make it a caricature of a gay man. And that's fine, or a gay person. But this had nothing. This had no... Well, first of all, this was lack of joy, no yeah. matter what. But I didn't see anything, which already makes me disappointed in this. Because, like, when I watch, like, The Muppets Christmas Carol... I already know there's a gay couple in that. It's Statler and Waldorf. Those old guys have been together for a hundred years. They're two old queens sitting up there making fun of a bunch of people, which I would like to hope is how my retirement will go. <laughs> and it's how I will spend life as an old man, just sitting there making fun of folks. Let's rate this because this was, I just, ugh. <laughs> Normally this section of the show takes like an hour and a half, but this. <sighs> yeah. Okay, Jesse. I... On a scale of one to five, with one being the worst and five being the best, 
How many rainbow candy canes would you give this? I thing? would try to take as many away as I could. Like, <laughs> I, I would want them to be negative in candy canes. Like, <laughs> if if choosing one to five, one all day, it, it was yeah, one of I, the worst. I agree. I couldn't even give it one. I gave it yeah. zero. I wouldn't even give it like broken candy cane crumbs. It was so yeah. Bad. Like if I had to give them a rainbow candy cane, I would make sure I like smash it up in my hand first, and then just like here you go, <laughs> like here's your one. Yeah, here's here's some dust. Yeah. So Jesse, would you consider this a classic or not so classic special? And the fact that if you consider it classic, it's something that you would make sure to watch every year around. The Absolutely world. freaking not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I hope. <laughs> what's I your hope uh, What's your final I will word? forget about this movie come tomorrow. <laughs> like I just <laughs> <laughs> there. It, it, it was absolutely. I'd much rather watch paint dry every year and watch this movie every year it, it was it's so bad i agree um i said absolutely not and my quote is this i would rather have rectal surgery without anesthetic than to sit through this show ever again. oh god Whew. this was probably that's bad I'm a christmas fan like i love christmas you know how much yeah. i love christmas that's why we do this show but, and I decorate, you know, starting for Christmas, I decorate November the 1st and it stays up until uh, mid-February. I've seen thousands of Christmas specials, movies, uh, concerts, all those kinds of things. And this is truly the worst thing I think I've ever yeah. seen. I don't really know, but I I can't imagine how this... I, I, I am terrified... To find something that is worse than the toys that rescued Christmas. I... And Mr. Kenny should be ashamed of himself for pushing his his vision on the I world. really feel like if I was if I was him, I would have to push the whole story of it was just a college project and 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 leave it at that. Like that to me would be somewhat redeeming because at least I know this is after a weekend, you know, night binging on alcohol and uh, probably a bunch of illicit stuff, and then you wake up Monday morning at 4 a.m. hungover, and you're like, "Crap, I gotta put something together for this project." Do it at 7 a.m. and you throw this together in an hour and a half, so you have a half hour to shower, then an hour to go to work or go to school. That's what I hope happened. But that's the only redeeming thing. <laughs> like if if so, you don't want me to get this for you for Christmas. On I DVD. would prefer if you do i only want the blu-ray <laughs> <laughs> this never even got to blu-ray status um the reason i'm asking is you know i try to do a little research on all of these shows before we come on and, and talk a little bit about like what was going on in the country or like what where this came from like whatever and i've been actually finding more information on amazon than i have on like wikipedia and stuff right so it, it pulled up Amazon and it said, you know, you can buy this. I forget how much it is, but I'm going to look and I'll let you know at the end. And it had one review. And the review gave it five stars. Wow. Gave it 100%. Wow. And Did I Kenny buy it review. himself? Well, 
So here's the review. It says, the title of the review is, Must Have Refreshingly Funny. Then it says, This DVD is a riot. Smucky the Monkey is hysterical, and the animation is amazing. Oh. The characters are one of a kind, and the songs are peppy. I love this DVD. Peppy. Peppy songs. Wow. A song about forgotten toys is peppy. Yeah. I would. And I was like. I would love to well, see who so left I that review. Well, I did a little bit more research, Ooh. Jesse. Because the person who left the review is named Mel. And I was like, Mel? Why would somebody named Mel leave a review? And I just thought, well, Mel seems like a common name, right? But maybe Mel is short for Melissa D'Andrea, who was the voice of Dolly the Doll. Now, I bet 10 to 1 that Mel is Melissa. Oh, no. I bet it's... Why not have a fake name? It's... Right? Mel. They won't know it's me. The characters are one of the kind. I love... I love Schmucky. Let me... I just want to be back in another show. Oh, God. Let me be back in another show. That's bad. That's bad. What? I'm sorry. And here's... Can I tell you what makes me even angrier? Yeah. Is that to get it on Amazon, I... If I cared enough to buy it for you, which I yeah, don't... Yeah, don't. I would have to pay seven ninety nine. It's eight bucks for this, this movie. Yeah, this this movie, and I use that term loosely, should only be found. Should only be found in the um, dollar store. And even then, you're paying ninety nine cents too much. Yeah. I do. What a horrible, horrible movie! I was just like, what? Uh, like, what is this? If I bought this. From Amazon for eight bucks, I would serious like I am not a guy who, if I buy something and watch it through, I'm not typically a guy who who tries to get my money back because I'm like, well, I did enjoy the content at least a little bit. Uh, like I, I I feel like you know I got my use of it, they got my money, like even exchange, just know not to buy their stuff next time. I would ask for a refund for this. without a doubt i would ask for a refund for this are you saying that you would not like a smucky action figure no 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 with retractable oh god no like (laughs) just like a button you press on his hand that shoots it right up like uh, yep i'm erect and i'm here Thank you so much for coming on and picking this absolute disaster of a show for us to watch. (laughs) I would say I'd like to have you back, but I I can't imagine you picking something worse than this. Well, hey, yeah, that's a good thing, right? It's only uphill from here. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas Day is here. Christmas Day is here. And now we have some new best friends to share the Christmas cheer. Christmas Day is here. Christmas Day is here. We've made it through the long dark night, but now it's past. We see the light. Now Christmas Day is here. 
just when you think the show can't get any worse, it's now time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant gift suggestions. I'm sorry if anyone gets offended. I love ending each episode hearing a Christmas memory or tradition, so I invited my friend Jesse back to tell us one of his. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory, don't forget to email us at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or leaving us a 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. One of my personal favorite Christmas memories here is my father actually made a bunch of scrolls one year and like put them in the oven made them charred so they they looked uh old and uh he tied them up and he wrote different clues on them like this is where you'd wash your hands or this is where you eat like real simple things and i'd have to go through the house and it was like a treasure hunt i'd find these these clues and it would lead me to another clue and eventually led me to uh, the present, because each one of us got like a, a big present for the year, and it would lead me to that present. What I plan on doing, once my kid gets old enough, is doing that with my kid as well, uh, and, and leaving him or her different clues around the house, and uh, leading it up to kind of her or his big present for that year. Well, that wraps up this month's episode. Subscribe and share the podcast with your friends. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and more. We hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay. The first Noel, Oh Christmas Tree, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and Silent Night the Disco Edition are all provided by freexmasmp3.com.